Yay, yay! Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that didn't get any chocolate for Halloween. Not a single one. If you don't go trick-or-treating, how are you going to get chocolate? I had a pack of three Little Whoppers. The 23-year-old life sucks, doesn't it? I had a mini-sized crunch bar. You know how bad? I just want to like walk up to these little kids and be like, look, can I just have a candy man? <laughs> Jason was talking about it the entire time before we got here. But we are in week nine. It is the trade deadline. A lot of moves happening. And we are here for you. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast begins now. So the trade deadline has passed and we have found ourselves in a pretty different, I would say uh, a whole different atmosphere kind of than we were before with a lot of players that last week, if you had them on your team, people were like, damn, I can't believe I'm wasting a spot on this guy. And then all of a sudden they've become a big time player on your team. Or they have the ability to. So let's start with a couple Slightly of trades. Slightly disappointing, though, no? No. The trade deadline? The NFL trade deadline is the always The trades trash. were great. It always sucks. But then we go, all right, so who are we going to talk about to start? You know, Demarius Thomas, Golden Tate, Ty Montgomery. Ty Mon- that's, that's. I mean, those are three impact players, though. Nah, that's a useless deal. Exactly. You are never going to start Ty Montgomery. Listen, I, I don't, I don't agree again. with you on that. Let's, well, well, let's, go, let's go one at a time, all right? Let's go one at a time. Demarius Thomas to the Texans, fourth-round pick going back to Denver. First, let's talk about it for Houston. They get a Will Fuller replacement, at least in position, not necessarily in role. How do you feel Demarius Thomas, does his value go up, down in Houston, and how do you feel they're going to use him? Because the guy he's replacing, Will Fuller, much different player than he is. If I'm a Demarius Thomas owner, I'm shopping him right away. For anyone who thinks now that he's going to Houston, he's going to be this huge impact player. Because Demarius Thomas is a shell of his former self. He can't get down the field. He drops too many passes. And he he's not going to fill in the Will Fuller role. The Will Fuller role is to run down the field and make big plays. That's not even close to what Demarius Thomas is. He's going to be a guy who plays on the outside, probably fight for five to six catches a game. I don't think this makes really any big type of difference for DT. He does obviously get a much better quarterback, so I expect him to have a few more fantasy-relevant weeks. But... I don't think he's going to be an impact player down the stretch by any means. Considering that he already wasn't, uh, is is it kind of a situation where there's nowhere to go but up, Jason? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course there's nowhere to go but up but because he hasn't even been startable all season. But I'm going to agree with Michael here. I think it's going to be a better real-life move. Uh, the Texans, all they really had was behind Hopkins, they have Cutie, who isn't an outside receiver. Then they had Vincent Smith. And so on. So they needed to add a receiver, and it's going to be a good real-life move, but I just don't see it translating to fantasy success. As Michael said, uh, DT struggles with targets. Will Fuller always exceeded seeing not too many targets because he was such a deep ball guy. So even if he were to see all – even if DT was to see all of Will Fuller's targets, he's not the same dynamic player that can do a lot with it. I I tend to agree. What about when – what about – what does this do to QT? I like it for QT because people – Everyone was right when uh, you heard Will Fuller go down. Everyone was hyped about going to get QT, and then they get DT, and people are backing up off it. But how does this make any type of difference, really? Now, if anything, DT is going to be on the outside. Maybe it opens up the middle even more for QT. I, I'm still a fan of his, and if he's available on the wire, I'm definitely going to grab him. And 
Still, I, still pretty excited about him as possible. I think the difference to trade three. me is that if Vincent Smith was on the outside, he might be seeing two or three less targets a game than Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is a good football player, as much as we're saying that he's not going to be a great fantasy football player. He's, he's really not, though. Ah, come on. He's better than Vincent Smith. I mean, duh. All right. So that might take away some opportunities that QT would have seen without DT on the team. I agree. I mean, if, if you're a QT owner, this is that, it's, it's like when you see Will Fuller come back. You're not excited about it. You'd rather just him be the guy. So I, I think that is let's, – let's, let's look at it from the other hand. The Broncos – uh, this is obviously a huge win for any Cortland Sutton owners. Yes. I listen, listen, not to pat myself on the back, but I've been I've been holding on to DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton for dear life with the expectation of them blowing up. This week they both blow, blew up. Uh as a Cortland Sutton owner, I'm looking at him in that role and what he has been already in a in a much less role. And this kind of reminds me of David Johnson in his rookie year, where David Johnson kind of was only the Big play guy, the trick play guy, and then all of a sudden they gave him the rock and they gave him a spot on the team and he excelled. I think Cortland Sutton has a chance to do the same thing. Yeah, uh, Sutton definitely. Right when the news came out, we we released our waiver rankings like 25 minutes before that trade. And then we were like, oh, I guess we got to work on our waiver rankings again. And he shot up to number one on our waiver rankings. He was number two or three behind only Doyle and maybe DJ Moore. But, uh, yeah, you got to love it if you're a Sutton owner. Again, Case Keenum's his quarterback. DT wasn't doing much with him. So I w- I'm not just going to go and say that Sutton is going to turn into an every-week starter. But his arrow is definitely pointing up as of now. Well, if you look at what they were receiving from uh, Case Keenum, if we look at, let's see, I'm losing myself a bit. If I find... Corlin Sutton here, he's averaging 4.875 targets per game. So that's about five per game, whereas Demarius Thomas was seeing seven. So if you even take three of those, that's an eight-target-per-game player, which is even more than Demarius Thomas was seeing. So I think that this is very good for Corlin Sutton. We've seen him do a lot with a little, and I'll talk about that more when we get to the Broncos, but I think that he definitely... He has the upside of a wide receiver, too, at the moment. He could even... He'll more likely end up just being a wide receiver three, but time will tell. This has, I kind of think this has Tyler Boyd written all over it as well. I think he might be a plug-and-play plug wide receiver two uh, if he gets the opportunities. This is not a high-powered offense, so the Bengals are a much more high-powered offense. So it was a better situation there, but uh, what do you think this does for Emmanuel Sanders? Do you think he, he gets an uptick in targets? I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is already, what, a top five receiver on the season, so it's hard to go up from where he is already at. I just expect it to be the same amount of production. All right, so let's move on to the last one. Ty Montgomery. Oh, you know what? What do you mean? How do I say, how do I skip this one? Golden Tate to the Eagles for a third-round pick. This is probably the most fantasy impactful uh, in terms of this guy going to his new team. Uh, He had a quarter of his team's target share in Detroit, but he was in his 31st year on earth, although he's not 31 yet, in a contract year. So this does make sense from a Lions perspective as they get a third-round pick, which is a pretty big premium for a player. But, hey, they got to figure out how to replace 25% of of their target. So let's start in Detroit. Brandon Powell is going to be his replacement. He's an undrafted rookie out of Florida. Led the team in catches and yards in the preseason, but has only been active in one game this year. Uh, Is that someone that you're stashing in deeper leagues? Brandon Powell was just from one Detroit beat reporter that said that he thinks Brandon Powell might step into the role. But everything is pointing to TJ Jones being the first man up. Brandon Powell is definitely more of a deep, deep league stash. 
but uh, I'm not super interested in either. None of them are near the level of Golden Tate, and I think this is just going to bring more volume to Galladay, to uh, Marvin Jones, to Riddick and Carrion Johnson out of the backfield, even Roberts maybe, the tight end, who's been a touchdown threat this year for for Detroit. Jason? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Michael here. Uh, Brandon Powell, his comparable player on player profiler is Jeremy Curley. Uh, he's slower than Kelvin Benjamin. He's not very athletic. He just had a really good preseason. I think that TJ Jones is the more logical choice to slot in. But then, like you said, Golden Tate was seeing 25% of the targets. Not likely that like Jones sees that. But this also has to do with Detroit's new offense where they're running the ball more. They're spreading the ball out more. So I think that even though Galladay and Marvin Jones' targets should logically go up, I wouldn't be surprised if owners are still a bit upset with their production. Theo Riddick, I think, is a big winner here. I don't, I don't, he's, he's a player that if you're desperate at running back, give him a look. He does have a handful of slot snaps this year. Uh, on the other side, Golden Tate goes to the Eagles. Now, their number one receiver last week was Jordan Matthews out of that slot. It, it's going to look like Golden Tate's taking that slot from Jordan Matthews. So our bet, Jordan Matthews versus who? Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Uh, I'm looking worse and worse than that one every day. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Golden Tate to the Eagles. Uh, how do you think he fits in there? Well, Nelson Aguilar, um, he can't produce unless he's in the slot throughout his career. So this basically makes him useless. Yeah, for if sure. I, own Nelson, I dropped Nelson Aguilar in a league today, so I'm okay with getting rid of Nelson Aguilar. Sorry, guys. Good. Keep going. Keep going. So, also, then you got Jeffrey on the outside, who maybe he'll get an extra target or two, but I don't think I don't think his or Ertz's role has really changed in that offense now. I just think Tate. If anything, opens up the field more for Jeffrey and Ertz. Maybe Ertz gets a target or two less a game, but it could be more deep deep field threats or red zone threats compared to the eight-yard catches that he was getting in the middle of the field with bad slot play from the Eagles. So I like it for basically everyone in this deal. For Tate, I don't love it just because trades in the middle of the season hardly ever help a player's fantasy prospects, but... He is joining a much better team, so you got to love that. This is the second big addition in the middle of the season for the Eagles in the, in the last two years. Jay Ajay went there and upped his value in fantasy when he went there. So, it, I mean, there's a precedent. I mean, it's a different position, different situation, but there is a precedent for it to happen. I kind of like this move for Golden Tate. I, I, now, I, I don't think he's going to go up. I like the move for Golden Tate in his career, but fantasy-wise... I mean, it's hard to say if he's going to get 25% of the sh- of the target share in, in the, with the Eagles. To. It's yeah. a different team. It'll be more valuable targets, though. That's true. Uh, you guys have anything else to say about this? I wouldn't be surprised if it hurts Ackroyd's a little bit. And finally, Ty Montgomery to the Ravens for a 2027th round pick basically said, hey, remember that fumble? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, on the Crazy. other hand, uh, you got... Ty Montgomery to the Ravens, who we've said this many times. The Ravens love to throw their running backs out of the backfield. Buck Allen has been falling out of favor. He's been on John Harbaugh's bad side since I can remember. And it seems like Harbaugh doesn't want to play him under any circumstance. Is there a chance that Ty Montgomery goes to Baltimore and becomes relevant? The five, six, seven catch type of back? No. I honestly think there's a 
4% chance Ty Montgomery becomes a guy you could hold on your bench. They already have Alex Collins, who's going to take care of the early down work. Buck Allen, early in the year, Jim Harbaugh said, oh, we're lucky to have someone of his caliber on the team. I mean, I know he, he was asked. There's a big difference. He was asked. He didn't just say it. He Come was on, asked, and he was, and he was being polite. He continued to use Buck Allen when Alex Collins was clearly the superior player. Yeah. Because, yeah. That's because he's a pass-catching back. Pass, pat, pass, pass patching. Pass-catching back. If Ed Dixon... I'm, Ed Dixon. I, I'm, I'm butchering everything today. If Dixon was here... He wouldn't be playing. Dixon would be playing. Kenneth? Kenneth, yes. But Kenneth Dixon isn't playing. What do you right, mean? Right, so they, they, Buck Allen is the replacement, and they obviously think that he's not doing it right, Listen, and they man, went and they acquired a replacement. Buck Allen has been fantasy irrelevant for the past, like, five, six weeks. Ty Montgomery is not much better than Buck Allen. I don't see how he comes in and makes an impact. Joining a different team in the middle of the season, just like I said, like Golden Tate, he usually doesn't work out well like that. So, I mean, and it's not like he's this super talented guy. He's a guy who, he's a tweener. He's been going back and forth between wide receiver and running back for the Packers the last two years. Want to make a bet on this? I say within the next two weeks, he gets at least 10 10 touches. 10 targets. 10 attempts. In one game? 10 attempts, handoffs, and targets. In both in games game combined? No, one game. Within two games. So if not next game, the next the Oh, next yeah, game I'll after. take that bet. All right, let's put it down. All right, um, let's get started. This week is the bipocalypse, the scariest time for fantasy owners. <laughs> the Cardinals, Bengals, Colts, Jaguars, Giants, and Eagles are all on a bye, which means you are probably uh, in a position where you need to replace some starters. So we are going to get deep into these teams. Grading the wide receivers was atrocious. This week. The running backs, too. Dude, Wait, I'm, what happened to the NFL? I'm actually happy about starting Derrick Henry this week because he was on the. Oh my goodness! He was on the waiver wire, and I only had one running back on my entire squad. I saw that you pick him up, and I was very disappointed in you. There's when and he's on the waiver wire. Like, happy about starting Timmy doesn't want to trade with me, but he's starting Derrick Henry. Yo, who and you? I have like seven top-notch running backs. Listen, the rest of my I have like four players on a bye right now and Derrick Henry is the only running back that even got one carry in the history of life on our waiver wire and I was very happy that he existed on it. But anyway, uh Raiders at 49ers uh is the game we're going to start with the Thursday night game. A start on the Raiders side, Derek Carr looked great again against the Colts defense last week. That's for damn sure. Spread the ball around, three touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. The 49ers give up 21 points per game to the quarterback, so the question is is Derek Carr streamable, or if you're starting him, are you just chasing points from last week? Yeah, I mean, the Oakland offense is atrocious. I'm not starting Derek Carr by any means this week. In two quarterback leagues, sure, but not in one quarterback leagues. There's other much better options. But if there was, if last week was going to be telling for the Raiders offense moving forward, then the two things that you learn are that you can't come within 10 feet of any of their receivers, especially Martavis Bryant, like we said when everyone else was saying to go grab Martavis Bryan off the wire, which makes no sense because he's a terrible football player. Not even one catch. And then you got, so you can't trust receivers, and then Jay, uh, Jared Cook seems like he's going to be operating as the main guy, and Jalen Rashard is going to have a solid floor every week catching five to seven passes. That's Those two, I think, are the only two guys where you could trust as low-ceiling, high-floor guys each week. And Doug Martin, if he could find the end zone, because he did – have a pretty solid game, 13 rushes, 72 yards, and two receptions. So he didn't look as awful as you'd expect. I, I think that if Doug Martin ends up being in the Marshawn Lynch role, 
it would be foolish to just discount him completely because he's Doug Martin. I, there's a lot of fantasy experts out there who I'm just, they're like, oh, it's Doug Martin. Right. Yo, opportunity is king. If you're getting 18, 17 touches a game, that's a person that needs to be on a roster. He had 15 last week. Especially when there's six buys. Start. Right. So Especially. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to starting Doug Martin against a 49ers team that has been getting completely slashed. I don't love it. He Martin's pretty one-dimensional. He's just going to run the ball. He's not going to catch any passes. That's Jalen Richard's role. And if you look at San Francisco, even though they're giving up over 120 yards from scrimmage to running backs, they've only let one player surpass 70 on the ground. So they're not giving it up to running backs on the ground. So when you look at that stat and you see Doug Martin, and you see that the odds of him surpassing 70 yards are pretty low, and that that tells you he's probably going to need a touchdown to become relevant. It also tells you that San Francisco is not great at defending the running back out of the backfield, which is why I prefer Jalen Rashard to Doug Martin this week. But Without a doubt, Jalen Rashard is a better play. Don't get me wrong. I, I actually prefer Doug Martin this week just really? because they're going against San Francisco who might be starting Nick Mullins if C.J. Beathard can't go, and it's looking like C.J. Beathard's not going to be able to go. So if there was ever a week for the Raiders to finally win a game or to play decent, it's going to be this week. Maybe run out the clock and a little bit. Doug Martin might get 16 to 18 carries. So if that's the case, why is Derek Carr so far off your radar? Oh, I mean, Derek Carr is only... They could win like 14 to 3. Yeah, if you look at his last four weeks, he's only been useful the two games where it was a shootout. He beat 45-42, they beat Cleveland, and then 42-28, they lost to Indy. Those are both high-scoring, high-volume games. Derek Carr is not a low-volume, efficient passer. And against the 49ers, he's not going to have to do much. Let's go over to the 49ers, if, unless there's any other... Uh, Brandon LaFell, 92% of the snaps, caught a TV. Caught a TD. TV. Maybe caught a TV with his bonus money. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think? Brandon LaFell, is he a guy that you could even consider? Maybe a bench? Brandon LaFell, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think if you, if you need wide receiver help, there's worse things you can do than stash Brandon LaFell for a rainy day. Dude, but Brandon LaFell has been in the league how many years now? And when has he ever really been more than fantasy relevant than like two weeks out of a year on better offenses than he's on now? Uh, he's never been the number one like target. He's 31 years old. Yeah, he's not going to be the number one target here. I don't know. He, he played Cook 92% of the snaps. Obviously, something... Something's going on with Martavis Bryant because he's not playing. Jordy Nelson had one catch for 14 yards. LaFell caught a touchdown. He, Listen, he led the team in targets do? besides uh, from the wide receiver spot. Do, do, do. Do. <laughs> All right, let's go to the 49ers. Um, listen, I would have a rant about Matt Breida, but apparently, according to Secret Squirrel, no one's allowed to rant about Matt Breida. Secret My Squirrel? Goodness. Dude, I tweeted about that from Brody yesterday. Absolutely absurd. 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 I absurd. got so, so mad angry. about it. So angry. Explain for the... So, Michael Salfino, who's a... Fabiano. A, a, oh, yeah, that's right. Michael Fabiano, who is a, a great uh, fantasy analyst for the NFL.com. Great Twitter follower, by the way. Secret Squirrel from ESPN was like... Matthew Barry's partner on the fantasy show, I in think. In ESPN Plus podcast, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he, he tweeted at him like, oh, look at this. They're copying Matthew Barry's rant. And then later on, he says, we, we had this exact same rant two weeks ago. I was like, dude... Someone can't say what you said two weeks ago. Did you see what Matthew Barry responded to? Matthew Barry responded like, oh, no, I mean, it's fantasy, but it happens. It just it does seem a little weird, though, that you do it now. Like, you're a grown man, dude. What? You mean your job as a fantasy football analyst to 
analyze people, you decided to focus on someone for two minutes and get a little riled up while talking about them. My God. Yeah, the audacity. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. But besides that, we, we have our we have our issues with ESPN fantasy advice <laughs> here because it's probably the worst place to go for fantasy advice at this moment. That doesn't mean we don't we would not like you to hire us if you're listening <laughs> ESPN. We are for sale. You need improvements. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna say things about Brita anyway, because I'm an owner. And what the fuck, Matt Brita, if you're injured, just take a damn week off. Because this every week is a chance to go for twenty. Why take a week off when you can take painkillers? No, nah, yo, the best part about Saturday night and Sunday morning is seeing all the people tweeting the gifts of like people in a full body cast walking, and it's like Matt Brito. Walking yeah, I know. <laughs> and look, I he started for me last week and scored me four points and left the game. He did have sixteen carries, but he looked hobbled. He did not look like himself. He's in a good matchup against Oakland, who gets completely destroyed in every single way against every single person on defense. What can we do? Yeah, the Colts just ran for over 200 yards and a couple touchdowns against the Raiders last week. And the Seahawks, prior to the Raiders' bye, racked up 123 rushing yards. So, I mean, they're definitely highly beatable on the ground. They're they're giving up, basically, they're giving up 128 rushing yards a game, which is quite a bit. And Matt Breida has been very good this year, despite last week. It's just, it's hard because of his his uh injury status but if he plays i think he'll be a solid rb2 this week just because of the matchup and how often he gets the ball because if you remember it's supposed to be a limited workload last week and he had 16 touches and raheem mostert touched the field like twice all day yeah the return of alfred morris was really unexpected yeah i'd prefer him to just sit and get healthy especially because they'll have a longer week since they're playing on a thursday but he's probably going to play and if he does play he gets the work. So even though he left the game early last week, no one would be complaining really if he scored a touchdown on one of his 16 touches. Uh, let's talk about Mar- Marquise Goodwin because like you said, C.J. Beathard might not play. But, ah uh, man, Marquise Goodwin is such a boomer bust play. And look, Oakland is dead last in the NFL in yards per play. They've given up 12 big plays of 40-plus yards. That's the worst in the NFL. Third worst in the NFL, excuse me. They've given up 56 plays of 20 plus yards seventh words in the nfl man if cj bethard was in i would say marquis goodwin is a super sleeper and a good play this week i don't think i could ever support marquis goodwin he hasn't seen more than five targets in a game there's a chance he catches a long ball but it's not a chance i'm willing to take yeah but if on the bipocalypse this is the exactly the kind of guy that yeah i do have him as my wide receiver 38 this week just because of what you just said, the Raiders' terrible defense. Someone has to catch the ball, right, besides George Kittle. So, And when you're replacing guys like T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, like these guys, big. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are playing this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. What am I talking about? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. But when you're replacing big big names like, excuse me, uh, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. OBJ, right? Calvin Dude. Johnson. What? Dude, you have to go for someone who might score you 20 points. I guess. Especially if you're not strong around I'm not that strong team. in Goodwin. Um, George Kittle, another eight targets. He's a must-play. It's, um, it's really upsetting that Beathard might be out. Yeah, if Nick Mullins is there, it's, his ceiling is probably going to be pretty damn low. But Sure, but at the you same have time. You have to start him. In the tight end landscape, yeah. You got to start him. Um, anyone else worth noting in this game? Guys? Doyle, Ebron, and Allie Cox. 
Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox. Put up 133 yards and three touchdowns last week. So it is a good spot for Kittle. Yeah, for Mo sure. Mo Cox. Mo Alley Cox. Mo what Money Mo name. Cox. Seriously, great name. And that's the second great time name this year. Great name or not a great name, but great name. Mo Cox. <laughs> great name to like. Mo Cox. Laugh at. Mo Cox. Two times this year, over 100 yards to opposing tight ends. So. Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox. Hey, what do, what do you think is the secret of a good defensive line? Mo Cox. Mo Cox. I don't know um, what that means, but all right. <laughs> what do you think is the is a right? is the secret to uh, scoring touchdowns? Oh, my goodness, stop it, Mocox. All right, getting in the end zone. Uh, <laughs> Falcons at Redskins is the next game on the docket. Falcons coming off a bye week to play the fourth best defense in the league. Um, they're on the road. Let me start here by saying Matt Ryan. Uh, this season on the road, his completion percentage drops 20 points. His quarterback rating drops 43 points. His yards per attempt drops by three yards, and his air yards are cut almost in half from 11 to 6. They're facing a team that controls the ball for the second most time in the NFL. Hard pass Tim, on Matty Ice. I'm going to stop week. you there. Hard pass. And give you a hard fucking high five. Yeah! Ouch. I do not want to start Matt Ryan this week. I would, I generously ranked him number 17. So I smell a bet coming along because Michael ranked him 10th. Oh! I'm disgusted by this. Well, well, so well, I'll even well, give well, you well, two more well. spots and just say me and Timmy are betting you that he's not going to be a QB1. Yes. I'll, easily. I'll take QB14. No! No, no, you, no. We gave no, you two no. spots. You said generously. Nah, no, listen. We are, we are giving you two, two bets, so two wins you can get on this. So you're going to have to give us some points back. True. We're saying QB1. You ranked him 10th. We're giving you two spots. We're giving you two spots. <sighs> Put your money where your mouth is, I'm bro. not a man to turn down a deal I believe in. That's right. <laughs> I'll write it down. So, Jason, but continue. Listen, no, I'm going to jump in here. All right, because go ahead. You guys are going to team up on me to shit on Matt Ryan. <laughs> listen, I know he's slacking on the road and all that, but they're going to Washington, D.C. against a Washington team, Washington team who... Yeah, they're five and two, but I do not think they're really deserving that record. Their offense is atrocious, but that's really besides the point. Matt Ryan is coming off a bye. They're and the Washington Redskins run defense is one of the best in the league. They have Saquon Barkley at thirty eight rushing yards, then Zeke thirty three, then McCaffrey twenty rushing yards. That's ninety one total rushing yards on thirty six carries against the Washington run defense. So it's a really bad spot for Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith who already this year have been slacking running out of the backfield. So the only way the Falcons are going to win this game is through the air. And Josh Norman doesn't leave from his side of the field, so Julio Jones is going to move around, get another 100-yard performance. Uh, Calvin Ridley is touchdown dependent, as we've seen, because he only plays 50 to 60% of the snaps. But he averages 11.2 yards per target, which is super high. And I think he has as good a chance as anyone to find the end zone this game. So, I mean... I I will not be surprised if Matt Ryan goes 280 yards with two passing touchdowns. All right. I would. The only team that has surpassed <clears throat> the Colts scored 21 points against the Redskins. After that, the most is 17 besides the Saints. Who you got to you got to the Redskins defense is one of the more slept on units in the league. It's particularly that defensive line is full of monsters. They just got haha Clinton Dix. Since yeah. this happened, the Colt the Colts offense is great. Frank Reich is the truth. Their offensive Reich. line is the truth. Reich. Uh, Frank Reich, yeah. That was a bit of a reach there, kid. <laughs> so to hold them to 21 points even in the beginning of the year is impressive, and they've just continued to impress, and they held the Panthers to 17. Cam Newton's playing like an MVP. Uh, believe this, they, they held the Giants to 13. 
Whoa. That's impressive, right? The high-powered Giants. Point offense. being, you said that if the Falcons are going to win this game, first of all, I don't think they're going to win. Second of all, if they do win, Stupid. it's not going to be a high-scoring game. And Matt Ryan does not perform on the road. He hasn't surpassed 15 fantasy points in his two games on the road. Sell Matt Ryan now, bro. Agreed. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm with you on selling him. I don't think he's going to be a top-five option the rest of the year. I'm just saying that I think he's... You don't think he could throw for 280 yards and two touchdowns? It's not like that's a tremendous game. I think it's... I think that's his I think like, you have, ceiling against uh, this Yeah, team. I do. And I think you have much better options this Coming weekend. off a bye? Yo, the Redskins now have the top two graded safeties in, in, in the entire PFF grading system. True that. Ha-ha! Ha-ha and J.D. Swearinger is... TJ. TJ. DJ, DJ. The JD. Oh, I said JD. JD Martinez he hits home runs. DJ Swearinger hits people. And their weakness, I would say, the the Redskins is their cornerback play. But they have guys behind them to make up for that, and they have a defensive line that's hitting the quarterback and stopping the run. So I don't, I don't, I like, I don't like Tevin Coleman in this game. Me neither. I, I hate the running backs just in this game. Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith. Washington is second against the run. I agree. Coleman is like a volume based. Poor man's running back, too, because of buys this week. I want to get to receivers because another I, – I smell another bet coming along because <laughs> smell that I think the season. biggest discrepancy in our rankings this week, I need to find it because Calvin Ridley, I have him ranked 39th. Michael has him ranked 25th. That's right. Calvin Ridley – Trick has, or treat, bro. He has not been a wide receiver three or better in any game that he hasn't scored a touchdown. Uh, most of his stats came from two games. He, he's seeing the same number of targets as Muhammad Sanu. One of his and games, this is not a game we expect Matt Ryan to excel in. He had about seventy-five yards or so in a game where he had to leave. At he half still wasn't time. he wasn't a wide receiver thirty-six. Well, Maybe. he had to leave at halftime. Saying, "Oh, okay. so fine." That that's your point short. there. But that's he just hasn't been good enough or efficient enough to trust him against a good defense. I think he gets it's On coming the off the bye, man. I think he's going to be more involved and. Like I said, they're going to have to beat the Redskins through the air. So, I like him this week. I think he finds the end zone. As for the running backs, I, I don't know if when you said this already, but there's a stat floating around. I wanted to say it because it's crazy. It's floating uh, around. Barkley, Zeke, and McCaffrey. You said it? Yeah, I already said oh, it. Okay. Wait, wait to listen to me, bro. I was just fed up with Matt Ryan. I didn't want to listen to you. <laughs> uh, what about Austin Hooper? Uh, this is a classic, you know, tight ends already suck, and then there's six. By teams, so I have Austin Hooper as my 11th tight end. I feel like he's produced enough for you to put him out there. I'm not excited about it, though. Yeah, I have him, I have him as my tight end 11 as well. Uh, he slowed down after a couple huge games against great tight end opponents. But with that being said, the Redskins are allowing 54 receiving yards per game to tight ends. So Austin Hooper could be in for a mid to low tight end one performance. Uh, let's go over to the Redskins side then. Adrian Peterson has been a monster. He's been doing so running the old school way, like the vintage Adrian Peterson, inch by inch by inch. And then, bam, big run. Uh, that's 1998 football at its finest there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Falcons are giving up 31 points per game to the running back. Um, Adrian Peterson is obviously a must play. You know, our biggest knock on AP this year is that he's been game script dependent. And it is true, he has been. But at this point, Washington's winning games. They're controlling the ball. They're playing very good defense. Washington controls the ball the second most of any team in the NFL. Yeah, they're basically doing what Seattle did with the Legion of Boom. So even though he's game script dependent, all the game scripts have been in his favor. 
And he's been performing that way. So he even caught a touchdown pass last week. And as you have heard me talking about the Falcons, as I don't really like anyone on that team this week besides Julio Jones, who I don't even think we mentioned because, you know, you, you start Julio Jones no matter what. He'll put up 100 yards even if the team is yeah, I said doing poorly. He's, he's, yeah. Norman's not going to line up. So, him, so I think that a bad day for the Falcons offense means a good game script day for Adrian Peterson. Even if the Redskins aren't winning, it's going to be a close game. Agreed. Uh what about Chris Thompson? He's injured yet again. Um, limited in practice, as is Capri Bibbs. You know, I'm giving Chris Thompson a shot here. I have him ranked. See, we're, we're completely opposite sides here because I there's no way in hell that I'm giving Chris Thompson. The Falcons are but we horrendous yes. against the running back. Michael knows this too. Though. Yes, I'm aware. Nine catches, 70 yards a game to running backs. I'm aware. I'm aware that the Falcons are the worst team against pass catching backs, but... Chris Thompson has not played. He didn't play in week six. He didn't play in week seven. And then in week eight, he had five total touches. Which means in week nine, he's he ready for more. He's not scored ball. a touchdown since week one. You don't need a touchdown if you're catching 90 catches and 70 yards. He just, he's player. not that big a part of the offense anymore. It's if you're going to use him, if he's on your team, this is the week to use him. It's Atlanta. There's six buys. I mean, there's a lot of people I'd rather use than Chris Thompson, though. I don't know. I'm playing Chris Thompson. If he's hurt, I'm playing Capri Bibbs. I want this matchup. Jordan Reed, almost impossible line last year. I mean, last game, seven catches for like 33 yards. Um, What do you think about Jordan Reed in this game? I mean, I went on a rant about Jordan Reed last week. Maybe I shouldn't have went on a rant, guys. I went on a rant about Jordan Reed because it's about damn time people stop treating him like a startable tight end. And uh, last week, sure, he got you like six points yet again. If if you have to because of the bye, bye week crunch and you have to start him and you are super excited about those seven points, go for it. But, I mean. He had 12 targets last week. His average right now is four catches and 44 yards. Yeah. Honestly, sign me up. <laughs> Jason, like, well, Jason, dude, that was the most like he sounded like he was gonna say pass, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, sure." I'll he's start. a tight end. He's a tight end who will get me six or seven points. I want everyone to remember this because I've been an advocate of getting rid of tight end in our league for the longest time. Think about it. We gotta get rid of kicker. No, think about I'm it. I'm tired of losing weeks because Dan Bailey puts up two and Aldrick Rosas puts up fifteen. Yeah, well, we're aware. Um. Any receiver options Garbage. against one of the worst pass defenses in the league? Uh, listen, I mean, it seems like a good spot, but we don't know. Doxson has out-targeted Paul Richardson lately. Paul Richardson leads the team in air yards. Uh, Crowder is a bum. Yeah, uh, if you have to play one of them, which one are you playing? If I have to, Doxson, because his play has been – he's been seeing the most work recently. He hasn't surpassed 50 yards yet this year. I know, but he's uh, been go seeing Richardson. the most work. He's the, he's the one who's made a couple big plays this year. Not Justin Crowder. He hasn't played since week five if he does come back. Yeah. And he's been ineffective when he does get on the field. So, All right, let's move on to our next game, Lions at the Vikings. Uh, let's start in Detroit. One of the most, more of the more inconsistent offenses this year, and they just lose Golden Tate. Um, we don't know the status of Xavier Rhodes and Andrew Sandejo yet. Uh, Sandejo. So we need to find out about that. Uh we talked about who benefits most from the Golden Tate trade, so let's let's look to the running game then. Carryon Johnson disappointed last week. Um, he looked like he was ready for a breakout, I mean, though. He didn't disappoint necessarily. They were down early. He had eight rushes in the first like twenty minutes, and then they completely went away from rushing the ball. He still had like six receptions. 
Okay. So, I mean, I don't think it was disappointing. You don't think that after a, a week where he looked like he was going to break out, didn't exactly break out? Game script. Okay. Well, <clears throat> it counts. <clears throat> Who called it? Oh. <laughs> don't act like you had a good game. I mean, it's also I mean, I don't a little. I don't understand it's all, you guys are point. It's also your point a right little now. disappointing. He had twelve points. Theo Riddick was out. He had twelve points. And his point receiving one. work is what carried him. Right, but you. Ex- you I mean, I don't understand how you get upset about twelve point one points from RB two. I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset, but not a little disappointing. Were expecting in a, a lot. Out yes, of them. I mean, I was. I Michael loves Carryon Johnson. I think. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, was, if you love him, it's okay. Just tell I us was, you love I'm him. I'm perfectly fine with his performance last Just week. Just tell us you love in him. In a game where he only had eight rushes, he still ended with 12 points and like eight targets and six receptions. So I'm okay with it. It's not his fault that the Lions suck. So how are you feeling about him this I, year, this week against the Vikings? I don't love him this week against the Vikings because the Vikings are a stout run defense. But as you said, you, you said last week was supposed to be the uh, the coming out party per se. He did play 48 of 59 snaps, which he the first time all year that he dominated the touches. LeGarrette Blunt only played seven snaps. But now Riddick practiced today. So him coming back is quite a bit of a factor. Especially so, now with Golden Tate out. Yeah, so I want to see how that plays out. I wouldn't even be surprised if Riddick and Johnson see the field together a little bit now. But I want to see how that affects Carrion Johnson's passing game work. At this point, Carrion Johnson is... Not necessarily the same, like, how they're going to get work, but he's basically the poor man's Christian McCaffrey in that he'll have some yards, but he's not going to run the end zone. That's why I've been late to jump on the train. I'm not even on the train. I want someone who has a chance of scoring a touchdown. Does Kenny Galladay bounce back? He he Talk about a guy who looked like he was the next up and then completely bombing. Right he's, after I got him. Kenny Galladay is... Does, who who benefits the most from Golden Tate in, in terms of Marvin so, Jones, Kenny Galladay? I think it's Kenny Galladay. The thing is, though, they play different positions. They do. They do. But they, those targets got to go somewhere. That's the thing. So the targets have to go somewhere. It's not going to go straight to Kenny Galladay. But if he does see... I mean, he's seeing one or two targets a game. So if he sees three or four more, that's a big deal. Yeah. And, I mean, before the bye week, he came back from the bye week and... Him and his, him and uh, Marvin Jones, their roles basically switched. I don't know what's really going on there. But like you said, Golden Tate commanded 33% of the share. 25%. 25% of the share. So, I mean, that has to go somewhere. And it's not like TJ Jones is going to command all those passes. And the uh, the Vikings don't have, they're a solid defense, but it's not like they're a great defense. And there's no telling if Xavier Rhodes is going to be back either. So. I think I, I like I'm going one more week with Galladay as higher ranked than Marvin Jones, but I want to see how this plays out. But I do like both of them this week. So this week they're both playable for you. Yeah, especially with the bye week crunch. I think they're both solid. And offense. Xavier Rhodes not practicing. It's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, On the other. You want to talk about the, the sign? Uh, Matt Stafford. We're oh. talking about Matt Stafford. He's been. He's been a strange fancy player. He has been. Because you start him, you're not necessarily regretting it. He'll get you like 17, 18 points probably. But the Lions' pace of play has been much slower the last few games. So they're not passing the ball nearly as much or as often as they did last year. So he, he has been disappointing. I'm, I have him as my quarterback 12 this week, so I'm not loving starting him. But It makes sense. That's why I have him too because he's been more of a high-end QB2 this year than a QB1. Take out six quarterbacks, move up a little bit. True. 
<laughs> um, would you guys start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Matt Stafford asking for oh, uh, Fitzy for this guy in my league that is you, trying to make that decision? Isn't Fitz a free agent in one of the leagues? What I, have no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, let's go so over to the Vikings side. Uh, Adam Thielen going for the record nine straight 100-yard games. Not Lions bad. defense is dead last against slot receivers da, da, da. in DVOA. Da, da, da. Um, if you weren't already starting Adam Thielen, you're stupid. Uh, start him even more now and expect a big game. You know what? Yeah, when you... Like, when I go to start doing some notes for the week, you know, write down some names, some things that I just think about. I mean, for Adam Thielen, I just wrote, Thielen's going to do work. Yep. There's there's not really much of a question there. I wrote, Thielen is bulletproof. Like, like as you said. fever pitch tone. Bulletproof. They they suck against the slot. Darius Slay is going to be lined up against Diggs. If Diggs plays, he didn't practice today, which is a he'll, little. He'll play. Yeah. So, I mean, I expect Thielen to get another 100 yards this game. I also like Thick Stephon tip Diggs. feeling. I, I, I do as well. I think if you look at what he's done recently, he has at least eight catches in every single game besides the one against Patrick Peterson. On pace for 160 targets, there's only two wide receivers in the entire NFL at 160 targets last, last yeah, year. Yeah, we have Diggs as our wide receiver. He's high up there. Wide receiver 10 this week. So. Lions, by the way, 31st in DOA, DVOA against number one receivers. They are also last in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. Latavius Murray has scored between 18 and 23 in the last three weeks. But that was before snacks. I think he makes such a difference. And you saw it. He had a goal line stand last game. He was the highest graded DT uh, by PFF standards in his first game. Because he's really good. Yes. Yes, And I agree. The post-snacks era is so much different than the pre-snacks era. Fine. But they were still worst in the league pre-snacks. So even if you deduct 37 yards... (laughs) <laughs> They'd still be along 100 rushing yards a game. Yeah. And Latavius uh, Murray has put up 18 to 23 points in three straight weeks. That he has. Yeah, not for nothing. The Seahawks did rush for 139 yards. Right on average, Tim. So. Right on average. They did run 37 times, though. Yes. But Mike Davis right and Trey Madden were ineffective. Chris Carson went 25 for 105, which is which is a, solid. You know, it's solid, but it's not. It's still in between. I won that bet with Jason. It's like four and a half yards per game. Chris Carson. Yeah, it was four point two. Kirk Cousins basically settling in as a back end quarterback one. I, I like Kirk Cousins this week. He I like he's him a had lot a couple of blow up weeks. I think this could be another blow up week at Definitely. home in a dome against Detroit's beatable secondary. Definitely. Especially with uh the way Thielen works the slot against that terrible team. So I th- I'm scared he's gonna lose a couple touchdowns to Latavius Murray, uh rushing it in, but he's I think he's gonna pass a ton and he, I mean he has a as high a floor as any quarterback, really, with his weapons. But I also think he has a pretty high ceiling this weekend. Uh, any of the Quan Treadwell love? The only time I love Laquan Treadwell is when he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> that was not a dickhead why, way to say that at all. Why you got to be mean on Halloween? <laughs> why you got to be so mean to me? Right, why you got to be game. mean? Best friends. If you haven't watched Big Mouth, <laughs> get out there and watch Big Mouth. Uh okay, Ch- Chiefs at Browns. That's not next. Kid. Um, you were doing so well. Right? I, this is next. What are you talking about? No, no Steelers, Steelers Ravens, Ravens, Ravens my man. Is next. Not Come on, guy. Not in my list. We all have the same yeah, list, list, man. I sent you the list. Well, I don't have it next on my list, so we're going by my list because I'm the host. So ha 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 ha. Clinton Dix. This is my <laughs> list. I can't um, tell if Timmy's being a dick because it's Halloween or if it's because he's just always an asshole. Or because he's I a mean, Moali It's probably Cox. a mix of both. Uh, start all your sh- chips. 
Start him out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it, though. Tyreek Hill maybe has a groin injury, but he did, he wasn't even listed on the injury report. I think he practiced in full today. He so practiced they, in full. I think they, uh, they made it seem a lot worse than it was. Just, you know, every time there's a Chiefs thing going on, you got to make it. They're so good that you just got to make it like, oh, no, maybe the Chiefs are going to mess up this week. Ooh. The, the Browns are in complete disarray. Their defensive coordinator is now their head coach. I expect the Chiefs to. You see what Greg Williams said? Dip their nutsack in the Browns' mouth. Yes, I saw what he said. I I don't want to talk about Greg Williams. Oh, man. I legitimately hate that human being. Yeah, hilarious. A lot of people do. Uh, is there? How about this? Is there anyone in the Chiefs you're not considering starting? No. <sighs> no. Yeah. No. Even Sammy I mean, Watkins. We, we're talking about their main. Guys Sammy Watkins. Their last, the last two weeks. Has been me really and Jason good. were we're not big Sammy Watkins fans, but we both. We, knew, we all both knew last him. week was coming. Yeah. We were we we were called the Sammy Watkins blow up week last week, and it happened. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he just builds up off that this week. We have him as a wide receiver too because of the bicopalypse, as you called it. So bipocalypse, bipocalypse. Sorry, bicopalypse. You sound like a robocopalypse trying to say spaghetti and saying pescetti instead. <laughs> it's like a or like a weird a Greek thing? last name, bicopalypse. Yes, it is a thing, Jason. All right. Each of so, I mean, obviously, you're going to start Mahomes. He's my QB1. Jason has Cam over him, yeah, which bugging. I'm not going to argue because Cam is going against Tampa. You're bugging. Don't say you're bugging you're about Patrick bugging. Mahomes. <laughs> Let's bet. No. Cam over <laughs> Mahomes. No, because Cam could put up 40 points this week. But yeah. so can Mahomes. So, no. Kelsey, obviously, you're starting. Kareem Hunt, obviously, you're starting. They're all – everyone on that team is A1 besides Watkins, and Watkins is – did you like say a, a one? That's the truth. Yeah, it's the truth, bro. Like in normal tone, you like said A one steak sauce. A one. <laughs> you no, heard that, right? I don't know what's wrong with you. I like that. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the the Browns. New offensive coordinator for the Browns. New head coach. New everything. Uh, I don't really see how you can trust anyone on the team, including Nick Chubb, who I know you guys are high on this week, but I think he could be game scripted right out of this game. All right, so I'm gonna hop Listen, in. Yeah. First of all, go for it, Jay. I just wanted to give a little tidbit on Kareem Hunt because it's cool. I want to get it out there. Four running backs have double-digit touchdowns against Cleveland this season. They've played eight games, so that means there's a 50% chance Cream Hunt scores multiple touchdowns. Bada-bing, bada-boom, bada-bing, right, bada-boom. Moving on to Cleveland. Uh, honestly, Kansas City's giving up over five yards per game. Per carry, sorry. You would think that they're giving up five yards per game. Giving up over five yards per carry. Their past defense has actually been very good. The way to beat them has been through the ground. And Chubb is safe to see around 18 to 20 touches per game. Ever since High got shipped out, even if the game script it doesn't favor him, I think he'll still see some touches. Uh, it's a new offensive coordinator. So I think that – I mean, I just think he's a safe play. KC is a struggling ground defense, and Nick Chubb is guaranteed to see touches. That's a good combo. I'm, I'm with Jason here, man. The Chiefs have given up the second most fancy points to running backs this year. You bring up game script – but they're basically game scripting every team they're going up against, and the running backs are still putting in work. The uh, They've given up over 200 rushing and receiving yards combined to running backs two of the last three weeks where against Denver and New England, we knew Philip Lindsay was going to crush. We knew James White was going to crush. So what's so different about Nick Chubb this week? Also, new offensive coordinator for the Browns, the old running dude. back coach, Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Freddie Kitchens has had a pretty la- – uh, like. Pretty good career when it comes to offenses too. He never never called plays, but he was the quarterback coach for Carson Palmer. You guys, Pete Ryan He's, Lindley, the quarterback, the former quarterback, just got named the running back coach for uh, I forget which team, but I thought that was super interesting. It is interesting, but yeah, like cool man. 
Well, like you said, <laughs> that's kind of like you said. What it's, you were talking about coaches? I know. I, I was. I was going on, and then you you cut me off. Because I, I, I feel was, very I'm insulted, sorry, man. I, was, I, was I feel excited. insulted, man. I remember when Ryan Lindley was a guy we but, used to make fun of as a fantasy option. <laughs> also, <laughs> watch Duke Johnson, running back coach is now the offensive coordinator. Yeah, not for this week, but, but I mean, even Mayfield's in a tremendous spot here. But I mean, as bad as Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley were. You can't just expect a rookie quarterback to come in against an NFL team with a completely new head coach and offensive coordinator like five days later and put up a QB1 performance. So I'm staying away from him. Jarvis Landry, I don't love. The Chiefs The Chiefs have actually limited wide receiver output. So it, they're, they're better against the wide receivers than you'd think based on the scores that they're giving up. But I think this is a... Huge bounce back spot for David Njoku despite the goose egg last week. Uh, I like David Njoku as a top five tight end, and I expect him to get right back into a double they digit score. They basically allow a tight end one almost every week. Don't yeah. be scared off by the goose egg. Goose egg. Uh, I think it was um, Hunter Henry last year who had a couple goose eggs and then was a tight end one for the rest of the season. Man, it sucked that Hunter Henry was out all year. Yeah, I agree. Especially with this tight end landscape. It's going to be an here. interesting tight end to draft next year <laughs> let's move on to the next game the jets at the dolphins all right let's start with the jets backfield um isaiah kroll a good play this week in my opinion dolphins are allowing 30 and a half ppr points per game to the running back 143 yards per game on the ground that's 29th in the nfl the jets are banged up on the outside uh, i think jose isaiah crowell has one of his uh, bigger games this week what do you, See, guys you know, think jason is Higher than Isaiah Crowell than I am. He has him, let's see, ranked 22nd. I have him at 26th. I would rate him lower if I could. I just, it's a tremendous matchup you against. Could. Well, <laughs> with other the other options, like if the other teams were there, he'd be a lot lower. But I mean, look, Trent Cannon, Trent and Cannon outsnapped Isaiah Crowell last week in a game that they came from behind. So it's not like Isaiah Crowell got more work. And Elijah McGuire is expected to be back this week. He just he hasn't been the same since he hurt his foot a few weeks ago. In the last three weeks, he has 94 yards total on 37 rush attempts. He's, as you guys know, as Jets fans, he's minimally involved in the passing game. I just the with all the receivers hurt, I don't really see how they move the ball again this week. They struggled to move the ball last week against Chicago. Just I I do not like Isaiah Crowell this week. With even all that being said, the matchup is there. Miami has allowed at least 167 rushing yards in three of their last five games. And who's going to rush the ball? Trenton Cannon's not going to rush the ball. Uh, Elijah McGuire is going to get some looks, but it's his first game back from IR. And Miami, with Brock Osweiler, is not an offense that's going to blow out the Jets and keep Crowell out of the game. So Crowell's probably going to see 20 touches in a good matchup. Amen. That's the answer. Amen. I love me some Crowell this week. I think he's a must, almost a must-start running back too kind of play. So uh, the only other player I think to consider on the Jets, uh, if we look at the tight end, Chris Herndon. I was going to say Chris Herndon, TD in three straight games, doing all of his damage on only one or two catches for the most part. Uh, what's, what's your take on it? What's your take so on Here's Herndon? my take on it. He's, ba- he's, he's not basically. He's touchdown dependent, right? You need a touchdown. But he has three touchdowns in his last three games. He also got tackled at the one one of those games. So it could have been four. And Miami has allowed five touchdowns to tight ends over the past three games. If I'm not mistaken, the... Tackled down at the one. Was that not against Miami? It was, yes. It was against Miami, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think he's a 
very interesting alternative for Zach Ertz owners. I'm a Zach Ertz owner myself. I put in a $2 fab bid claim on Benjamin Watson, who is my preferred tight end streamer this week. I did get him. I had the same money bid for Chris Herndon if I couldn't get Watson. So Herndon's definitely in my uh, on my eyes this week as a tight end replacement. He's on your eyes? You should get him off. That's not good. On my eyeballs. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, he missed practice today. So keep an eye on that. Quincy Anunua returned, actually, which was super random. Would you get Quincy in there if he's available? I I don't expect him to play this week. Yeah, me neither. That would make no sense, really. But he's, I mean, he's not a bad guy to grab. We saw how effective he could be in the beginning of the year, if healthy. So, uh, guys, I'm, I'm on my computer here. I'm looking for the next game. And James Diddy texted me. He said, say what up to the Twins. He just asked me for fancy advice. He said, who should I start, Demarius Thomas or Tyler Lockett? I said Tyler Lockett because you can't trust Demarius Thomas yet. Yeah. Okay. And then he said. Pop Lockett. Then I'm like, I'm literally recording a fancy podcast right now. I was like, oh, shit, nice. Uh, tell Michael Jason I said, what up? So, what up, Diddy? What up? <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Dolphins. Um, Y'all crazy. I want to talk about Kenyon Drake because here's something that I got very shocked at when I was Man. looking at it myself. Ooh. Second straight productive game. My love for Kenyon Drake knows no bounds. He's been productive for four games. Yeah, he out, he's out-snapped Frank Gore in every game since week five. He's He got the only handoff inside the 20 last game. He scored with it. Now, this isn't really relevant because it's a whole new regime and everything, but there is precedent for this with the Dolphins. If you remember the Lamar Miller days, Lamar Miller was used at less than what people really thought Lamar Miller should have been used, kind of in the same way Kenyon Drake did. And then he kind of made some big plays and forced his way into the lineup. And then around week nine and week 10, like the year before he went to Houston, he was a running back one, two going on later in the year. I remember I acquired him from Jason in a trade and I was very happy with it. I don't recall. Do you think that Kenyon Drake has an, has the ability to be that? I mean, of course. Yes. I was I was all up on the Kenyon Drake bandwagon uh, all offseason. He was one of my hat hangers. It was not looking good to start the year, but after his huge past four weeks, he's actually surpassed what you'd expect at where you drafted him based on ADP. So, I mean, he's actually been better than expected, and even though he's stuck in a timeshare, and you usually can't count on a guy in a timeshare, but he's been super dynamic the past few weeks, and he's getting at least 15 to 14 to 15 touches a game. So as long as he keeps producing with those touches, he should continue to be a solid RB2. The Jets have a average rushing defense. So, I mean, I think Kenyon Drake is a solid RB2 this week. You guys said it. Put some respect on his name. What about Devontae Parker? Now, I, look, when whenever Devontae Parker breaks out, I have to go check the tape. I watched all of his receptions last week. He now... 43 of his yards came on a tipped right into his hands. Yeah, that was, that was, but that was crazy. besides that, he was making tough catches. He was making hands catches. He was making catches in traffic. And Brock Osweiler missed him on what should have been like a 60-yard touchdown where he completely juked the safety out of his shorts. He looked great. He looked fantastic. He's, he, makes, he made Adam Gase look so stupid. He really did. For making him sit on the bench for guys like Kenny, like Kenny Stills, who is like... You know what you get from Kenny Stills. So the question I have for you guys is, are fantasy owners going to be stupid if they bench him this week? Listen, Parker, 5-130, and but would we be talking about him this much if he had 4-90? and Because that's what he should have had. He shouldn't have caught that ball off of Jakeem. But I don't, I don't think that's the case because he also should have had a much longer touchdown that he just completely got missed. So it's kind of like 
Yes, you take the good with the bad. Well, my take on Miami, I'll tell you right now. I have Danny Amendola, 34. Jakeem Grant. I can't find it. 36. Devontae Parker, 38. I don't yeah, know, I don't man. I think have, you're way too low on them. I don't have I think Jakeem that Grant in my Mo Claiborne and Tremaine Johnson so, still not practicing. Look, it looks like they're going to miss next week, too. If they miss, I, I, all right, fine. I that want that them. changes things a little bit. But if even one of them plays, Devontae Parker is the guy who's going to line up on the outside. The Jets have trouble guarding athletic people. That's why I like Jakeem Grant a little more than Parker. Fair enough. Devontae Parker is not athletic. Kenny Stills back at practice. Not you know what I mean. You want to talk Did about him, Kenny Stills? Kenny Stills hasn't been relevant for quite some time. He really hasn't. So I he mean, had that big week one. You know, it's crazy because sometimes big performances in week one and week two. They stick with you for a long time in fantasy. I think Kenny Stills is one of those guys who gave the impression that he was going to be a beast early on. If he's not on your team, you kind of forget about him. He kind of fades into the distance. And then you look up, and he's been kind of sucky for the last five, six weeks. Yes. With the exception of maybe one week. All right. Uh, Let's move on to the next game then. The Bears at the Bills. It's our favorite. Oh, we did. What am I saying? I shit on Isaiah Crowell for a while. It's our favorite time of... The week. Oh, yeah. Sit your bills. Sit them. <laughs> Sit your bills. I don't even want to play. I don't even want to play Shady McCoy. Not no. with Nathan Peterman. On no one. But, but, but. The Bears are the number one ranked defense on PFF after eight weeks. But, folks, I'm just going to keep saying but till you let me speak about Shady McCoy. It's the bye week crunch, and he's destined for at least 15 touches. So he has to at least be a solid flex play. Uh, gross. He had what? Like, right. He had double digits last week. Yeah, he had 90 yards in the last three games. Nathan Peterman. That's all a you need Peterman. to say, honestly. Uh, like, the Bears defense, I'm starting in multiple leagues, and I am so hyped. The Bears. I mean, you the know Bears what, guys? defense should be started everywhere. I'm, I'm calling DFS it now. Too. The Bears are going to go into Buffalo. They're not going to be ready for the Bills' defense, and the Bills are going to pull off an upset. Ooh. Not with Nathan Peterman. If you said Derek Anderson, someone who's competent enough to just not turn the ball Crazy. over. Crazy. Competent enough to not turn the ball crazy. over as if Derek Anderson didn't throw three interceptions. And then what, two last week? You guys are crazy. Or one with pick six? You're both crazy. The Bills have no chance in this game. All right. You want to talk about something nuts real quick? Let me get off of this topic. Well, it has to do with the Bills. P.J. Williams got torched like right, all of last week. It doesn't have to do with the Bills. I don't know who the Saints play. PJ Williams. Week. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm jumping to the Saints real quick because this just Michael said pick six or made, it reminded me of PJ Williams pick six. He got torched all of last week. Like he gave up touchdowns at like over a hundred yards. He gets he, he gets won defensive on player. Week. He won he defensive does. player of the week because of his pick six. Which reminds which just, me again, is, what a joke that award. Is. Who the fuck picks that award? Someone let us know because no one knows. <laughs> it's like a secret society, bro. I mean, it probably is. No one knows. It's not the same people who vote on like MVP and shit. No, I hope not. You think the Writers Guild yeah, has time to do those every credentials? Week? Like, who knows? They're secret society. I want to choose defensive player. Please. It's probably just an intern who's they're like find the pick six. Right. Yeah. He's like, ooh, who's this guy? Anyway, so let's keep going. Um, let's go to the the Bears offense. Um, yo guys, Mitch Trubisky. Guaranteed, Trubisky, not Trubisky. Trubisky. It's not I, that hard. Just put the S before. It's the because K. I wrote I wrote Mitchy Trubs on my notes. <laughs> I'd rather you call him Mitchy Trubs. Honestly, yeah, do that. Guaranteed at least fifty yards rushing in this game. I'll bet you guys. 
He's had at least 47 yards rushing in the last four games. That includes an 81-yard game. People have to come to the realization that Mitch Trubisky is a running quarterback. So, and because of that, fantasy relevance will always be there. You want to bet I mean, that Mitch you're Trubisky saying what I said last week. gets well, rushing yards against a good defense. Um, why would I bet that? I agree. Oh, okay. We all agree with you. Oh, what you just said is basically what I said last week. With that being said, I th- he's, he's officially a good fantasy quarterback because of his feet. I'll, I'll give him that. His feet. He's still in trash actual QB. And I think this is the week it comes crashing onto earth because, like I said, I think the Bears are going to go into Buffalo, have a rude awakening. And uh, the Bills have allowed, what is it, eight, five of the last eight games, less than 250 passing yards and less than two touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't see why Mitchell Trubisky reaches 250 passing yards or two passing touchdowns. But I'm going to jump in here again with... Remember, you're gonna jump in here again? Gonna, you, you, what are you talking about? You're you're talking by I'm, yourself. I'm gonna jump in to the to the D- Dallas Goddard for two weeks ago. I called Dallas Goddard. The uh, what do we call that man? Oh, the dark, dark throw, throw of the week. I'm gonna jump into the dark throw of the week. Is Anthony Miller? I haven't ranked way higher than everyone in the world probably. I have him as my wide receiver. I have to find him. Wide receiver. Thirty this week. Vladimir. Anthony Miller is going for 70 yards and a touchdown, folks. I just no. have a feeling. I agree with you. If Allen Robinson doesn't play, he's gonna. I think he's, he'll have yeah. a big game. Allen Robinson playing might actually help because Tredavious White. Tredavious White, yeah. Mm. But, I mean, Anthony Miller nah. plays out of the slot anyways. And I feel like they're going to be really getting to Mitch Trubisky, and he's going to have to dump it off quick. And Anthony Miller, Which he might. has seven targets in back-to-back games. So, I like Anthony Miller. Could help Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Also, what do you guys feel about Trey Burton? Because... He's a guy who gives you a great game and then gives you a shit bomb. He's basically being carried by touchdowns, but there's bye weeks, so you have to start him. Yeah. One of my favorite plays this week is Jordan Howard. Last week, 22 attempts, 81 yards, and a touchdown against the Jets. Possibly a very similar game script. I know, Michael, you don't think it's going to be the case, but I see a big lead for Chicago early and then them running out the clock exactly like they did against the Jets last week. I really like Jordan Howard's prospects this week, and if you... Come to the realization of, all right, so Jordan Howard is not going to be the guy you draft in the third round. He's still a startable, flex-type, running back two on some weeks guy that, yeah, sure, he's not the guy you drafted, but he's also not a guy who's going to shit your your team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, get 10 carries in the fourth quarter alone last week in clock-killing mode. Yeah, and the Colts did torch the bill for over 200 rushing yards a couple weeks ago. They've had, they have also allowed seven rushing touching touchdowns on the season. So it's basically a touchdown per game. So I would not be surprised at all. If Jordan Howard finds the end zone. Tariq Cohen, not listed on the injury report. Small concern about game script for him though. Honestly, Terry Cohen has his role and the bears have offense has been much better since he's been given his role. He's been an RB one the last four weeks. Uh, I don't love him this week. I think he if, puts an end to the RB1 performances. But I still think he's a solid RB2 because he's going to get his 12 to 15 touches and he's going to get his work. Jason, your boo, Taylor Gabriel. What do you feel about, how do you feel about him this week? Uh, I think because of, I probably wouldn't have him in my top 36 if there were no bye weeks. It's not a great matchup for him, but I think that if A-Rob plays, I like him more so that Tredavious White stays on him and then Gabriel could probably find some space. I just I like him as a dynamic player. He doesn't need a lot of targets to impress. And you know, the uh the Bills have only allowed three wide receiver touchdowns since week two. So they have a stout pass defense. 
Uh, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? All right, let's move on to the Bucks at the Panthers. I'm going to take your silence as a no. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking hard. About- Fitzmagic back in his shadow, baby. Um, personally, I don't know what the hell the Buccaneers are thinking doing this. Um, I know I'm in the minority here because he's the better quarterback, but if I'm the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston is in a contract year, and you're sitting him and so your team can start a journeyman so you can maybe win six games. I don't know if that makes much sense in my book. That screams like a coach trying to save his job. That's neither here nor there. He's back in the saddle. I'm giving an upgrade to every single wide receiver on the team and a downgrade to the tight ends. How do you guys feel? Let me recap uh, the receiver's differences between Fitz and uh, Winston right now just from catches and targets. Deshaun Jackson got 22 targets from each player, which is a little surprising because Fitz targets. um, I mean, they're also players. Fitz targets receivers more. Jackson had eight catches with Winston, 18 with Fitz. Mike Evans with Winston, 31 targets, 19 catches. Not bad. With Fitz, 37 catches. uh, 37 targets, 27 catches. Both increased. So basically what you're saying is Fitz is delivering them the ball better. Yeah. What about Chris Godwin? I think he's the most interesting play here. I think that Godwin, as you saw with Fitz, He's a touchdown. Uh, he's a red zone favorite of his. So he's always going to be a little risky because he doesn't get a lot of yards. I think that's the story with Godwin. It's better for him that Fitz is starting because with Winston, he's probably droppable, in my opinion. With Fitz, he becomes back in the wide receiver three flex consideration. Speaking of droppable, if you're in need of a flex play or a wide receiver play this week, and he might have made it through waivers. Go check, yeah. Go check your, go check your wire. Yeah, not a bad pick. Yeah, I like him as a wide receiver. You maybe can get him for free. No fab, no, no waiver priority. And that th- those are my favorite pickups. The ones that you don't gotta waste any money on. <laughs> I was pretty upset that Sutton wasn't a free agent in any of our fab leagues because I was ready to blow it. Oh yeah, because you know who got um yo bro does oh yay yay um downgrade to the running backs right. <laughs> I mean, the running back Peyton Barber. Yeah, Peyton Barber. Barber. I mean, he's had two good games the last three weeks, which is a little weird. But, I mean, if you're trusting Peyton Barber at this point (laughs) in the season, your fancy team probably isn't very good. Or you have a lot of bye weeks. He is a good bye week replacement if if he's someone that you need to trust moving forward. But, I mean, at this point... If you if he you could do worse as a bye week fill in obviously but because he he's gonna the get Carolina Russell carries. defense has been very good recently and Barber yeah. he's gonna need to find the end zone to do anything productive he's a running back thirty so I mean his ceiling is low Cam Newton on the other side or any other Buccaneers you want to talk OJ about OJ Howard kid so I, I I mentioned downgrade to the tight ends do you agree or disagree slightly but Fitz was still using tight ends he was just flinging the ball to everyone and uh, OJ Howard. <laughs> Fling is a good term. The I like that word, fling. Allow the most yards to tight ends per game. And then even if we're looking, and it's okay that he doesn't target Howard as much because Howard's still going to get his. If you look at Fitz and Winston every single game this season, except for one, counting both of them together because there's two games that they both played, they've combined or personally thrown for over 360 yards. There's only been one game where they haven't. That's 14 points right there. That's 36 points for receivers and tight ends right there without any touchdowns. Yeah. I absolutely love Jordan Howard. I wish the Jets had him. I mean, OJ Howard. 
I'm a big fan of his. I mean, every week that he's been healthy this year, he's had at least 54 yards, and he has three touchdowns on the season. He's my – what I think he's my tight end four this week. I love him this week. Uh, I have him at three. Yeah, he's my tight end two, actually. I have him above Gronk. So if Kittle's go. out, I'm probably going to move him up to two. I mean, if Bethard's out, I'm going to move him up past Kittle, too. Yeah, I'm I'm all over O.J. Howard. So, obviously, you guys don't agree with me on that one. Nope. Um, let's go over to the other side. Cam Newton is an Kill absolute monster, man. Dude, he's playing the best. I'm, I'm going to keep repeating this because I don't think he's getting enough love in the national media. Cam Newton is playing the best quarterback I've ever seen him play. North Turner doing work with him. Yeah. He's really using Cam and McCaffrey and the whole bunch very nicely. It's It's fun to watch. Against the Buccaneers, it's I mean it's kill a cam, run CMC and Funcher Doodle blow up week. Funcher Doodle. It was it was the first thing. I, I mean of. I think you're missing one blow up week because I think it's the perfect storm for DJ Moore. Oh DJ Moore. DJ Moore oh, saw seventy yeah. percent of the snaps last week. Last week he's coming out of the bye week, so you get the sense that this is something that's going to remain. He is a rookie. Tory Smith, the DNP on Wednesday did not practice. He's still. He's still bothered. Bucks are dead last in defensive efficiency against the number two receiver. 29th against the running back out of the backfield, which DJ Moore comes out of the backfield on passes. I think it's the perfect storm if you want to give DJ Moore a, a pickup and plug this week. He's my wide receiver 26, so I wow. agree with you there. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> I'm not as high, but that could that'll change if Torrey Smith doesn't play. I think that a lot of He didn't practice today. What DJ Moore did last week was because Torrey Smith was on the so, not on the field. Let's talk year long now because this is our last game. This is probably the last thing we're going to talk about is DJ Moore only seeing this uptick because Torrey Smith is out or do you think that this is a transition from all right, we need our rookie talented dude who is a big play threat. He's now ready to take over this role. I think that I guess a little bit of both. I think that Torrey Smith isn't going to go away. I could see more uh, passing Smith to an extent, but I don't think that he'll go away. You can see more. Who see more? Uh, great analysis by you, I Michael, to end the episode. I want to give a little fun fact because I mean, I told you, DJ Moore is my 26th ranked receiver. I have Devin I like Funchess ranked higher than I ever have in my life this week. Yeah, I love it. Where are you having ranked? I love 15. Jason. 15! I love Jason coming to the Devin. Come to the dark side. side. Come to the fun side. You want to hear, hear why I like him so much? This is pretty funny, too, regarding someone named Julio Jones. Every single lead wide receiver this season has scored a touchdown against Tampa Bay. Except Julio Jones. <laughs> we'll never score a touchdown, so you understand that. But, you know, I'm getting double teamed. Um, Michael, where can they find you if they want some of your weird, quirky jokes? Mike underscore Petrop. Like how you just said that. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. You can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. BrotoFantasy.com is our the place where out. we have our rankings. Yeah, they are yeah, up yeah. now. Our waiver rankings are up as well. BrotoFantasy.com, but only if you want to win. We are going over the second half of slates. Only if you like winning. Only if you, you can't like ruin winning. the slogan, man. You made it. <laughs> I did. I made it. What did I say? If you want if you to want win, to win or only if you, you know like what's winning. funny. I looked at Jason to approve, and I kind of like, <laughs> like just let it happen on autopilot. Hashtag. Let's, let's try this trust. again. Ready? BrotoFantasy.com, but only if you like winning. Yay, yay. Yeah. We're going to see you in a couple minutes or whenever you press play on episode number two. We got the second slate coming for you. Yeah. Later.